Hall of Fame coaches, national champions, lottery picks, the best minds in basketball. Welcome into the sidelines with Evan Daniels. What's up, college basketball fans? Welcome back into the sidelines podcast. I'm your host, Evan Daniels, college basketball insider over at FS1, as well as the director of basketball recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Today's episode of the Sidelines Podcast is the 75th episode, and the featured guest is Memphis head coach and former NBA All-Star, Penny Hardaway. He makes his second appearance on the podcast this go-around. We discussed a wide range of topics, including what it's been like being the head coach at his alma mater, the biggest adjustment he's had to make from taking over the reins at Memphis. Plus, we talked about his staff's NBA background, recruiting, and much more. Before we get to that conversation, I want to make sure that you are subscribed and supporting the Sidelines with Evan Daniels podcast. The best way to support this podcast is to shoot over to Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, but also leave a rating and a review. Both of those things are extremely helpful. You can also shoot me a note over on Twitter at Evan Daniels would love to know what you think of the podcast. Now let's jump to that interview with Memphis head coach, Penny Hardaway. It's time to go with Evan Daniels. Send it in, big fella. Now let's welcome in Memphis head basketball coach, Penny Hardaway, to the Sidelines podcast. Actually, the second time you've been on the show, Penny, I appreciate you uh, taking out the time. I know it's a busy week with in-home visits and all that stuff going on. Yeah, no, thanks, man. I really appreciate you for having me. Uh, it's been a, a good week so far, so <laughs> awesome. I appreciate it. Well, just under a year ago, I had you on this show and and asked you about the possibility of, of one day coaching in college. At this time, you were the head coach at uh, Memphis East. Little did we know that it wasn't too far away that you would be uh, the head coach at Memphis. Did, did you see this, this coming this quickly? You know, I didn't. When we talked, I had no idea at all, honestly. I uh, I was – you know, busy coaching my guys in high school and wasn't really thinking about the job. You know, I felt like if it opened up again, that you know, I think about it, but never really was saying, hey, I can't wait to be the coach at Memphis. Even though it's a dream job, I just didn't think that uh, it was going to happen so soon. You know, on March 19th, you were officially named the head coach at Memphis. Can you put into words, Penny, what, what these last six months have been like for you and, and the new position that you're, uh, you're holding? Uh, one word is fast. <laughs> it's been fast really it's um it's been a it's been a dream come true honestly now that i have the job to have played here and everything's gone full circle but it's still i wake up mornings still and like man i'm the head coach at the university of memphis it's it's it's, it's crazy how how it uh it happened so fast did you know that you always wanted to get back into this side of things you know obviously you had so much success as a player did you think eventually and uh, and obviously you had success too as a as a, a high school coach and on the AU circuit but did you know that this was a route that you one day wanted to go in terms of coaching uh younger guys yeah I knew it was it was something that I wanted to do uh, my background when I was younger when I was in high school I worked at the girls and boys club and I would I would coach little kids and teach little kids uh, the younger groups when I was at the boys club. So I knew it was something that I, was, I wanted to do. Uh, I always loved the game of basketball. Basketball has been great to me, and I love teaching. So it wasn't far-fetched for me, you know, to that this was happening, you know, how it's happening. It was just I wanted to go in the steps that I did going, though, middle school, AAU, and then high school, and then on to college, and then who knows what happens after that. You have a lot of history and memories involving Memphis. And when we talked last time on this show, uh, I think it was last November, you, you told me that making it to the Elite Eight was your fondest memory at Memphis. Did, did getting named the head coach at that school kind of surpass that? You know what? It, I still have to say that Elite Eight run, man. It was, it, was a, it was a Memphis team 
And it was like the time of my life uh, when I was playing. And this, this is definitely second. It might be 1A, 1B, to be honest, <laughs> because both, both, were, both were really good. Now, obviously, you haven't coached a game yet, but what has been the biggest adjustment for you uh, now being the head coach of Memphis? The recruiting side of it, uh, going on the road, recruiting um, the compliance side as well, understanding all of the rules uh, and regulations and, and everything that comes along with that. But those two things have been have been uh, have been difficult from from a coaching standpoint who would you say has impacted your philosophy uh the most at this point in your career you know what i know this sounds uh cliche or whatever but it's just every coach that i've had has i've, I've gained a little bit from every coach honestly and of course when i got into the nba to be able to play for lenny wilkins to be able to play for uh larry brown to be able to play for uh chuck daly uh, you know, and then Scott Skiles and all these basketball minds, um, those guys, man. And then with Pat Riley. So I, I, I've been under a basketball tree full of greats where I've learned so much. Um, and But my high school coach and my college coach, they gave me little nuggets that I still use today. So I'm, I'm well-versed in, in basketball when it comes to coaches and guys that I've, I've learned under. Yeah, that's a heck of a tree right there. Yes. Now, I've seen you coach in high school, but, but this is going to be uh, your first time coaching in the college game. W what style of play and, and type of offense, Penny, are you, are you planning to implement at Memphis this year? Well, we want to run. We want to open it up on offense and then get after people on defense. I know that's, that's just how I've always played. That's how I like to play. Uh, we will say that certain games will dictate us to do some things because you have to adjust, but for the most part, our, our identity is – going to be opening that floor up, man, and playing in space and uh, making plays for each other and uh, and getting after people on the defensive end. Now, you've put together a, a heck of a staff at uh, Memphis, Mike Miller, Sam Mitchell, Tony Madlock. W walk me through how you were able to put that together, and did you have connections with all those guys prior to uh, hiring them at Memphis? Well, Tony Madlock and I have been knowing each other since I was 14 and he was 16. We played against each other in AAU. Uh, and then we were teammates in college. So, and he always came back and recruited the players that I had and did such a phenomenal job. And uh, it just so happened that he was uh, being let go of by Ole Miss. He wasn't going to be retained as the coach uh, at Ole Miss, and the timing was perfect on that. Uh, Mike Miller, who resides here in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, I've known Mike not well, but I've known him, and um, we've had a cordial you know, relationship uh, over the years. And he came into my office and said, hey, man, I feel the energy of this, and, you know, I want to be a part of it. And it was a no-brainer. And the same thing with Sam Mitchell. Just competed against him in the NBA, uh, understood who he was, was a hard-nosed guy that, uh, that brings that toughness side of, you know, he didn't just make it right out of college to the league. He didn't make the league until he was 26, but he got an opportunity to play until he was 40. You know, so he brings that element to the game where he can tell a kid, hey, you don't have to have as much talent, but you can go hard, you can have heart. You can have a sound mind and go in there and, and play strong and still make the league. So uh, those guys together, uh, with Tony coming from the, the collegiate side and us coming from the professional side, and me, high school, of course, uh, it just blends well, man. I felt like it was a no-brainer on the two guys, on all three of those guys. You know, obviously your background in the NBA, but then, you know, Sam from coaching and, and Mike from playing, do you think all of that uh, NBA knowledge and experience at that level gives you guys some sort of a, uh, advantage, not only from a recruiting standpoint, from a coaching standpoint too, uh, w with kids? 
I would think so because a lot of these kids ultimately want to go to the NBA. Uh, I mean, does that make us, you know, better than anybody else um, when it comes to college coaching? No, but we can get you prepared and ready to play on the highest level, uh, and that's where most kids want to go. So it does help us with coaching because of the dynamics of the game. You know, we were the best players in college on our team, so it's not like we skipped college and went right to the NBA. So we understand the game, and I studied the college game a lot. But the NBA side does help us out tremendously with the kids. If you and Mike tied them up and played two-on-two, would anybody uh, on your current team, could they handle you two right now? I'm guessing you guys could still play a little. I don't think they could right now. (laughs) I mean, as long as we make a half court. (laughs) As long as we make a half court, I think we can hold our own right now with with the kids. But you know what? Every kid on the team will say, no way would they beat us. So we'll we'll have to do that one day. (laughs) For, For sure. Do you think your stature as a former player, not only at Memphis, but also in the league, and obviously it's well-known, but do you think that gives you a, a little more cachet with these guys, these players? I would think so, you know, because of my sneaker. You know, my phone positive sneaker has been one of the most popular sneakers for like the last 10 years, and the kids understand that, and they know that. And then when I played, I played with a really, you know, great team and played with Shaq and played with Jason Kidd and all these guys. So, yeah. They see me making the Olympic team, dream team, and being first team All-NBA and All-Star, and that's where they want to be. So, yeah, it definitely gives me a better relationship to be able to talk to, talk to these guys. Now, I'm not a sneakerhead, Penny, but obviously I'm well aware of your shoe. How often does that come up when you're talking to, to recruits and, and guys on your team? Well, it comes up more for guys on my team because they, they're aware of what's going on and who's coaching them. don't really hear it a lot from the guys that I'm recruiting, but I know that they understand, yeah. you know. And most of those kids have my shoes so uh, already and uh, were already fans before I became the coach. So, you know, I've built a lot of great relationships with a lot of kids and a lot of families when I was out there on the AAU circuit. I have, I have to assume you guys will be wearing those shoes all year. Well, I'm going to let the kids wear what they want to wear. I think off the court we're going to be wearing, you know, my sneakers. And if some kids want to wear my sneakers on the court, that's fine. But, you know, we're not going to be short on the Kyrie's, the Kobe's, the LeBron's, <laughs> the KD's, and all the other shoes because these kids like to wear everything. Of course. Now, we discussed this a little last time I had you on, but uh, many kind of lament on how today's players have a, a sense of entitlement. W- what are some things that you've been doing at Memphis to, to, to kind of set your culture that makes sure there's no entitlement among your players? Well, I mean, everything is earned, not given. That's what we said right away. You're going to have to work for everything that you get. You know, the names are checked at the door. We're not doing you a service if we're not coaching you and teaching you. And uh, the entitlement is no, is no good when it comes to the University of Memphis. We, we put in toughness drills. A lot of these kids have never done a lot of things that we're showing them. But we're encouraging and we're staying positive. But there's non-negotiables that we can't have. And we're going to keep the environment on toughness and multiple efforts in all areas of the, of the game and, and, and winning. Uh, us above, above me. You know, the team above I. And uh, there's no entitlement on our team. Let's talk about a, a little bit about your upcoming uh, season and team. What, what, are, what are your expectations with this group? Well, you know, being a competitor, you know, I just got to say that, you know, we're going to compete. Uh, where that leads us in the conference, where that leads us in a, getting an NCAA tournament bid or rank or, or seeding or whatever, uh, I hope it does. But I know that we're going to – they're going to say, man, they play so hard, they play together, they play the right way. And I think if we do that, then we can be successful. Which of the incoming freshmen, and you've got some pretty good ones, guys like Alex Lomax and, and Tyler Harris, but which, which of the incoming freshmen do you think can, can have the biggest impact out of the gate for you this year? You know what? It's so hard to say because you know, we know about Alex 
uh, Lomax and Tyler Harris, but David Winget is going to be a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, Antoine Jones is going to be a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, we got some really good freshmen, man. You know, I mean, it's, those guys are going to be battling. And I can't really just put my hand on one. Honestly, I don't want to be political about it, but all those kids can come in and affect the game right away and, and be you know, have a household name within a couple games or whatever. So those four kids are going to be – are going to be exciting this year. Not just freshmen, but maybe this whole team, because um, obviously some of these guys are, are, are new to you. Has anybody surprised you since you've been working working with these guys? Well, I can say, you know, I watched Kareem Bruton last year. He was um, a scorer for sure. Didn't really want to play defense as much. Didn't really buy in to what was going on because it was his first year and maybe it was new. But I can say that from day one when we touched down and started working with the team, that he bought in immediately. He's been a leader. Uh, he's playing defense, 94 feet. Things that uh, people that were in the organization last year or in, in the school last year were saying that he would not do. So he is a guy that's, that's taken on the challenge to go in and make sure that the team is doing what they're supposed to do and, and then holding himself accountable as well. Of course. Now, Jeremiah Martin uh, had an emergency hernia surgery in late August. What, what's his status, Penny, and what kind of impact will that have on your team at the beginning of the season not having him available? Well, I don't know if he's not going to be available when the season starts, okay. uh, but we are going to make sure he's healthy. Uh, he came back from the foot injury and practiced for about three weeks and was phenomenal. It looked like he didn't even miss a beat. Maybe he just overworked himself uh, and got that injury because he was trying to get back so fast. But when he practiced, he – He's amazing. I mean, he has the heart of a lion. He's so tough. He's uh, relentless, and he's a leader. Um, you know, but if we wouldn't, if we didn't have him at the beginning of the season, it would be a loss because he led the team 19 points a game last year. You can't. You really don't want to lose that at the beginning of the season, especially in your first year. Now it's been clear since you've been on campus, Penny, that you've really prioritized recruiting the city of Memphis. You got a number in your first recruiting class. You're recruiting others. Uh, in 2019, how important is it to you to build a, a, a wall or a fence around uh, Memphis and really keep those guys home? Well, I mean, we want to. It's, it's very important. I mean, we don't. We're not shading anyone outside of the city of Memphis, but everyone should know that we want to keep the best players at home. That's what any city that has the, their better players, you want to keep those players at home. And uh, we're definitely building a fence. Uh, we're, we're, we're recruiting around the country, but we feel like we have to get the top kids out of Memphis. Now, I saw the uh, I saw the sprinter mobile that that you put together. That was pretty cool. Was that your idea? Who, whose idea was that? Yeah, that was my idea. Uh, it was something that I wanted to you know to have for uh, when we recruited uh, going on the road, like to maybe Alabama or to Nashville or to Mississippi or you know anywhere over Tennessee, somewhere close where we could drive, that we could have a, a vehicle that could house all of us comfortably, and we could be talking about strategies so much easier. In, in the back of a sprinter than we could in, in a truck. We could write things down and everybody could. I mean, it just, it was an idea that I wanted and it's the best idea that I've, I've had so far because it's become valuable for us to have that, that sprinter. I imagine that, that um, I, don't, I don't know how much you've used it as a recruiting tool as well. Well, I, I haven't really used it as a recruiting tool because it was more personal for Got me it. and then I knew that it would help us to go, but I figured that the NCAA wouldn't, wouldn't you know, appreciate us using it as a recruiting tool. I mean, I, I really wanted it for myself. <laughs> Got it. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely helping us out when we go on the road, though, for sure. Now, you, you mentioned not only um, recruiting locally, but also you guys have taken some, some pretty big swings 
uh, nationally. What is your kind of overall recruiting strategy, philosophy? What's going to be Memphis's niche in terms of recruiting? Well, I mean, you got to get players. And we understand who the top guys are around the country, and we want to let those guys know that we want to be in the race, we want to be in the hunt, that we feel like we can, we can develop you, teach you, uh, just as easy here as anywhere else. Um, and we're not just going to stay in a certain area because we don't feel like we can compete. We feel like we can compete with anyone within respect. We're not disrespecting anyone, but we got to go out to the top guys. Uh, we got to travel the country. So, you know, we're letting the kids know that, that we're here and we want them at our school. I mean, it's just, it's just, that's it. I mean, we know the talent. We're just gonna we're gonna go out and get it. When you sit in a living room across from a recruit's family, what's your pitch? What's your vision for those guys? My pitch to them is, I'll say to the parent, "Have you ever failed an open book test?" And then they'll go, "No." And I say, "Well, where's where's the book? If, if the kids that we're recruiting, that we're recruiting now, they want to get to the league. Who better to teach you than us? If that's what they want to do, and that's our thing. You know, we we know the NBA. Uh, we know how to get you prepared. We know how to get you there." And uh, we do have an advantage in that because between the three of us, me, Mike, and Sam, it's almost 40 years of experience of the NBA. And with Sam being 2007 Coach of the Year in the NBA, I mean, this is where these kids want to go. So, I mean, we don't exclude the education side because we walk around, we check, we check classes. We're, we're very serious about that. But ultimately, these kids want to go to the next level. You've been through this recruiting process before. Uh, obviously being recruited to Memphis uh, when you were in high school. What, what did you learn uh, personally from going through it and watching other coaches try and recruit, um, not only you when you were in high school, but also when you were a high school coach and, and, and coaches were coming in trying to recruit your players? What, what did you learn from those processes that you can kind of implement as a head coach? Well, you learned that it's a business, that you know everybody has almost the same and similar pitch when it comes to getting that kid to try to go to their college. Um, you know, they got the, um, the the laptop computer or the iPad showing you where they could use you with their former players. If they've had kids that have gone from their school to the league that are similar to you, hey, this is how we use him, this is how we can use you. Um, you know, we can't do that because we don't have the footage because this is our first year. So we could tell them, hey, we can get you there. So, I mean, I've learned from seeing that over the years uh, from kid, from coaches coming in to recruit my kids since I've been at Memphis, when I was at Memphis East and for coaches that were recruiting me as well. Since you've become the, the head coach of Memphis, and I'm sure um, once it was announced, your phone kind of blew up, but what's been the, the best piece of advice you've gotten uh, from, from others in the business? Um, just, you know, uh, the one piece of advice is just to not take anything for granted, to get people around you that you like and, and that are going to be loyal to you. Because I don't, I don't really know the horror stories around college when it comes to certain things. But, uh, but the advice was just basically just to work my butt off, uh, respect everybody the same, and, uh, and get people around you that are going to be loyal to you and not trying to come in and, and do more than what they should. Make sure everybody understands that it's my job and that we're in it together. Like, I, I respect my coaches to the utmost. I'll never feel like I'm above them. But I do have to make the final decision. So, um, you know, that's, that was some good information for me to have uh, going in. Penny, I really appreciate you taking out the time and, and jumping on the podcast. I know with uh, recruiting rules, you guys can be out and about this week. So uh, thank you, and uh, I appreciate your time, and uh, good luck this upcoming season. Yeah, thanks so much, Evan. I appreciate you having me again. This is Aaron Rodgers. They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone, Cobb, touchdown! Unbelievable! The Green Bay Packers 
have won the Super Bowl. And you're listening to the sidelines with Evan Daniels. Would like to once again thank Memphis head basketball coach Penny Hardaway for taking the time out and jumping on the sidelines with Evan Daniels podcast. Enjoyed that conversation. One of the big topics around Penny Hardaway and and around the Memphis basketball program is the name recognition that he brings uh, and how that impacts recruiting. And I think it impacted that 2018 class uh, in a positive way with guys like Antoine Jones and Tyler Harris, both four-star prospects. And then Alex Lomax, a kid that uh, is a very highly touted three-star prospect out of Memphis that Penny Hardaway coached, not only in AAU, but also in high school. Uh, those three guys uh, are guys that I think can help them immediately. Uh, that's a six-man class they were able to put together in 2018, ranked 30th nationally, number one in the American Conference. But where they could really make uh, a splash is in this 2019 recruiting class, and it, it starts with the top and James Wiseman. And this is a kid that uh, there's a significant relationship there with Penny Hardaway and, and James Wiseman that uh, dates back to, to high school. Penny coached him at Memphis East. They won state championships together he also coached him in AAU so there's a there's obviously a a relationship and a connection there Uh, but the James Wiseman recruitment has gotten interesting Uh, his mom uh, Donzelay Artis told me two weeks ago that it is not just a race between Memphis and Kentucky like most believe Uh, and, and she kind of uh, reset the recruitment a little to me, and uh, here's kind of where things stand with James Wiseman uh, right now. He took an official visit to Kentucky the weekend of September 8th. That was his first official visit. This past week, he had in-home visits with Penny Hardaway, Bill Self, and John Calipari. Next week, he's going to have an in-home visit with Bryce Drew and Leonard Hamilton. Now, he's currently scheduled four official visits. He's already taken that one to Kentucky, as we mentioned. Uh, His next trip is to Kansas the weekend of September 29th. Then he's scheduled to go to Vanderbilt the weekend of October 14th, and then Florida State the weekend of October 25th. So the big question, will James Wiseman take an official visit to Memphis? I don't think it's a guarantee. Is it a possibility? Certainly. I do not think it's a guarantee that Memphis will get an official visit. He did go by their campus this past week. He went for an unofficial visit on Thursday, uh, partly uh, because his friends were over there. Jalen Green and R.J. Hampton, both top 10 prospects in the 2020 class. Both kids, uh, Memphis is heavily on. Memphis had them in for official visits this past weekend. So James Wiseman went by campus. It'll be interesting to see how this James Wiseman recruitment plays out. Memphis is obviously heavily involved, and I don't know how much it matters if they don't get an official visit. Obviously, they want one, um, but I'll be curious to see uh, how this all unfolds and develops and if there's another school out there um, that could potentially get an official visit. James Wiseman, the number one player in the 2019 class, obviously would be a a big pull uh, for Memphis or Kentucky or any of these other schools. Memphis is also uh, heavily recruiting a number of other players in the 2019 class, as you uh, might imagine. They already have one commitment from Malcolm Dandridge, another kid that Penny Hardaway recruited uh, or another kid that Penny Hardaway coached at Memphis East. This is a big, tough, physical um, strong, burly, rebounding big man. I think he can can help them. But they're taking some significant swings at guys like Trendon Watford, who I think they're in great shape with. It's probably them in Alabama. Taking a big swing at DJ Jeffries, who's also strongly considering uh, Mississippi State and a couple of other schools. If they were able 
to, to, to add a James Wiseman and Trendon Watford and DJ Jeffries to this class, you're looking at a top five class nationally. So uh, obviously Penny Hardaway and that staff of Mike Miller, Sam Mitchell, Tony Madlock, I think they've done a really good job on the recruiting trail and they put themselves in position to land uh, some of the top recruits in the country. Uh, will they do it? That's the big question. Before I let you guys go, I want to make sure that you are subscribed to the Sidelines with Evan Daniels podcast. The best way to do that is to shoot over to Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Hit the subscribe button for me. Leave a rating. Leave a review. All those things are extremely helpful. You could also shoot me a note over on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at Evan Daniels. Would love to know what you think of the podcast. As always, thanks for listening and have a great week.